Hi, I'm Skip Nipper. Welcome to my podcast, where I tell you about Nashville's great baseball history and traditions. Shot to right a one-hop liner. Certainly about its past, especially about Tom Wilson Park, Herschel Greer Stadium, Sulphur Dale, but also a little bit about its present and future, too. Yes, he can. A mix the waist-high catch. And I introduce you to players, coaches, and other fans and their love for everything baseball. A high fly ball down the right field corner going way back. Hits a lead-off home run. As Black History Month comes to an end, February, I want to tell you about a special player with special talent, Ray Dandridge. Never had the chance to play in the American or National Leagues, but the record shows he was clearly one of the greatest third basemen of all time. And... He had a brief connection in time to Nashville. Dandridge was born in Richmond, Virginia on August the 31st, 1913, and was signed off of a Buffalo, New York sandlot in 1933 by the Detroit Stars of what kind of was the Negro National League. He was only 19 years old. Now, Seamheads.com, the premier database for Negro League statistics, in my opinion, and a basis for Major League Baseball elevating the Negro Leagues to Major League status, qualifies Dandridge's first year as a pro in 1933 as playing for the Detroit Stars slash Indianapolis ABCs. And so does BaseballReference.com. If you want to see statistics, go to Seamheads, S-E-A-M-H-E-A-D-S.com, or Baseball-Reference.com. Great sources for statistics for major league players and minor league players as well. Now, when it says Detroit Stars slash Indianapolis ABCs, is that a discrepancy? Well, no, it's not. It was often recorded that teams were barnstorming teams, even though history says that the Detroit Stars played in the Negro National League. Playing outside of league play when there was no league to play in, they became barnstorming teams. And there were some discrepancies along the way, as you might expect, because after the Depression, leagues folded, went in and out of business, so did teams, and the teams that remained kept relevant by continuing to play in ballparks wherever they could schedule games. If the Detroit Stars could get a game in uh, Indianapolis, they certainly did, and changing names was not unusual. But also in 1933, Dandridge is shown as having played two games at shortstop for the Negro League Nashville Elite Giants. And when when I checked on some of the newspaper clippings in newspapers.com, that's another great source for you if you want to go back and look at old clippings of newspaper articles. Well, Dandridge is shown as having played two games at shortstop for the Negro League Nashville Elite Giants. There were three games played between the Elites and the visiting stars, two on July the 4th in a doubleheader, and one the next day, and Dandridge was the shortstop for the Stars. However, at some point, he was loaned to the Elites for two games and then returned to Detroit as the ball club was breaking up due to financial difficulties. And after the season, he failed to report to Detroit, and he went to Newark. And the record shows that in four plate appearances for Nashville, he was walked once, and hit by a pitch, and gave him two at-bats with no hits. Now, he was a contact hitter who could hit to all fields and was known as a fancy fielder at third base, 
but he could also play shortstop, second base, and when the need arose, could play in the outfield. Now, when Dandridge moved to Newark, New Jersey, he played not only for the Dodgers, the team there was called the Dodgers, but also there was another one called the Eagles. And he also played for the New York Cubans and a few games with the Homestead Grays and spent off-seasons playing and managing in Cuba, Mexico, Puerto Rico, and Venezuela. Former player Lenny Pearson recalled that as a manager, Dandridge wanted complete perfection, and that's the way he played baseball. Well, Dandridge joined the Minneapolis Millers of the American Association, a New York Giants farm club, in 1949. And though he was 35 years old, and he told the Giants that he was considerably younger, he was selected as the league's Rookie of the Year because in 99 games for the Millers that year, he hit 362, second highest in the league, with 44 hits, including 33 extra base hits and 64 RBIs. Well, the following season, he was a member of the Millers team again, and that's where Nashville comes in once more. The lineup included three former Nashville Vols. First baseman, Tookie Gilbert. Tookie was the youngest son of Nashville general manager, Larry Gilbert. Left fielder, Charlie Workman. And right fielder, Bert Haas. And the Millers came to Nashville to play a three-game exhibition series at Sulphurdale against the Vols beginning on Sunday, April the 9th. The infield unit of Tookie Gilbert, second baseman, Davey Williams, Shortstop Bill Jennings and Dandridge was considered by many to be the best in all of minor league baseball. In fact, Minneapolis Tribune baseball writer Halsey Hall called Dandridge the best third baseman in the minor leagues. Well, when the game began, the newspapers claimed that Dandridge was the first black player to play on an integrated team in Nashville. Now, I'm not sure that's exactly right, as I believe recently elected Bud Fowler may have come to Nashville with an integrated team in the 19th century, but I'll take the word of Nashville Tennessean sports writer Raymond Johnson and the Nashville banners Fred Russell for the time being, because I'm going to keep looking. I think I have found a reference for Bud Fowler in uh, like 1889 or 1890, somewhere in there, but I haven't substantiated it until I do. I'll just leave it to Fred Russell and Raymond Johnson to tell us that Ray Dandridge was the first African-American to play on an integrated team at Sulphurdale. And as you might expect, Dandridge was booed loudly at first, but he did not let it affect his playing because he had four fielding plays and he had no errors. He fielded them flawlessly, and he showed his ability at the plate by hitting three long doubles. Now, it was reported that over 1,000 fans from the black community jammed the Negro bleachers, too. But the Millers pounded the Vols and won the game 17-1. to Two days later, Minneapolis won 7-4 to in a game in which Dandridge had two hits and one was a double. But he was hit on the wrist in the fourth inning by Vols pitcher Bob Schultz. Minneapolis punched the balls out in the third game by a final score of 13 to 1. And Dandridge had two more hits, and if you can believe it, one was a double. That gave him five doubles in the three games between the Millers and the Nashville Vols. The Millers would roar to the American Association pennant with a 90 and 64 record. Dandridge would be named league most valuable player. 
hitting 311 with 195 hits, 80 RBIs, and 106 runs scored. Now, such numbers presumably would have earned a player a promotion to the Giants, but his advanced age may have worked against him. You see, he was 37 years old. In 1951, the aging Dandridge briefly mentored 20-year-old teammate Willie Mays, who spent just 35 games at the highest level of the Giants organization before moving up. Dandridge and Mays sought relief from the summer heat at a cool movie theater one afternoon, and the usher came and told Mays his manager wanted him back at the hotel. The call to the big leagues had come while he was watching a movie with Ray Dandridge. Dandridge, who hit 324 that season, his third straight in the high minors, was not included in the call-up. Dandridge didn't get the chance to play in the majors, said Hall of Famer Monty Irvin, but he had major league talent. He was a superstar. But major league talent at the Negro League, Mexican League, and minor league level earned Dandridge his place in baseball history because he was elected to the Baseball Hall of Fame in 1987. Dandridge passed away on February the 12th, 1994, but he had glory on the field from his early days to the day he died, and Nashville had a small part in his legacy.